Hello and welcome to Mellopod from the team behind Not Often Heard. My name is Gary. My name is Mark. And my name is Alex. And we're very, very, very excited to be back once again to be uh, dissecting, examining... I can't think of any other words really, but ruminating cogitating and all those things they used to say on master chef and things um, yeah deliberating and <laughs> etc well, we're going to be discussing sweden's melody festivalen which is their show for selecting their song for eurovision which is the biggest show in in sweden i believe year after year and this is the 20th edition in its current format and it's a little bit different this year, isn't it? Well, obviously with uh, current COVID restrictions, they've had to do it, uh, I suppose, socially distanced. And uh, is there an audience at all? Was it very, very small? Or was it was the clapping and cheering kind of like played over uh, by a tape? <laughs> no. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Normally this would be a massive six-week arena tour with thousands of people attending every, every Saturday night to watch. Um, because of current restrictions, it's all now based in a little sort of mini arena in Stockholm, and there is absolutely no audience at all this time. Okay. Because like strictly, only with less of an audience. Exactly. So the, whatever crowd noise you heard was piped in. Shall we say? Canned audience. Canned audience. Now, I, I, I do want to mention this briefly because Melody Grand Prix in Norway has been running a few weeks, so starting ahead of Melfest. They are doing the same kind of thing. They're studio-based shows, no audience, etc. Yet they are doing, it feels like a much better job at creating an atmosphere for their show in, in right. terms of... The applause and really the general background at, at times during Melfest, as we'll, we'll go through and we'll talk about, there's, there was a background kind of bubble of chatter, uh, like your pops would have if you're in the arena, but it felt like you were in the pub and there was just background conversations happening and it was slightly distracting. <laughs> I could see where they were going. They were trying to replicate what you would get in the arena on a regular show, but it's not a regular show. You don't need to make no. it feel exactly like that. No. So, starting off on a negative point, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's just been this last year on a nutshell. So, pretty much. So, seven songs competing tonight. Two go directly to the final. Two go to second chance, and three oh. get knocked out. Andra Hansen. Sorry. I love saying Andra Hansen. Andra Hansen. <laughs> Andra Hansen. Don't start with your accent again. <laughs> <laughs> we hope by week six you'll you'll be have it down perfectly, Mark. Oh, I'll be fluent in Swedish by week six, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've reached the final. <laughs> so our hosts for semi-final number one were Lena Philipson, who is a Melfest veteran having competed several times in the 80s uh, with songs such as Dancer in Neon and also in 2004 where she won Melfest and got to go to Eurovision with 
it hurts or de runt to give it its Swedish oh, title. So, so she started comp- she started competing in the eighties. She did, yes, yeah. Back nineteen eighty seven was uh, you can find her performance from uh, Melfest oh. with the huge. I wonder where she got perm. that dress. I wonder where she got. I wonder where she got that dress from. In fact, I think she may have competed in eighty six as well. The year before she did Dancer in mm. Neon, with some great songs. I, ha- I have to add as well. Veteran. Yeah. Uh, Krista Bjorkman is... Again, ex- oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, just saying, again, it explains the dress. It does. I do... She had that big pink dress with the big... We'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into it right now. So you're absolutely right. Lena Philipson was wearing a, sh- a, a kind of shocking pink <laughs> number with a large pussycat bow, which was wonderful. Uh, I think it was in tribute to her dress that she wore for when she performed it hurts at eurovision which was the same color so but that kind of uh, like the whole having the bright pink and the big bow that's feel that for reasons for for me that feels very 80s she was just missing the hair (laughs) needed a bit of a perm imagine if she just she'd just come out with a big frizzy perm (laughs) just (laughs) playing the piano missed the trick but absolutely very good uh Lovely nod to the past there. Very camp and f- completely fitting <laughs> with the way Melfest often yeah. is. <laughs> um, exactly. So, as we said, Lena was joined by Krista Bjorkman, who has been the producer behind Melfest for the last 20 years, almost. This is the 20th edition of Melfest in its current format. And I believe this is going to be Krista Bjorkman's last as producer. Um, Three. Yeah, he, he is that why he gave himself the job of presenting? Wow. <laughs> We'd like to think it's because of current COVID restrictions, etc. It's one less person to have in the studio, and he was there going to that, be there yeah. anyway. But you know what? If it's, it's his last contest he's producing, it's his 20th. He'd always said that he wanted to step down um, after doing the 20th, I believe. So why not? Yeah. Why not get yourself the gig of doing the presenting? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's a good run. Definitely good run. And if the rumours are true, he is going to be um, producing or taking some kind of role in the American Song Contest, which is in the pipeline. So ah. he's moving on to bigger and better things, perhaps. Well, he's certainly got a good track record behind him with Sweden in the last 20 years. Oh, definitely. Hmm. So um, we begin by introducing each artist with uh, a little clip of them um, in Stockholm and a lovely orchestration of the Melody Festival and theme, I think. It's it's circus style is the way I've heard it described. (laughs) And it was nice because at first I I couldn't work out what it was, but after 10 seconds I was like, oh, it's the Melfest theme. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that sounds rather nice. Okay, ten seconds and counting. Apologies, Siri wanted to talk to me then. I don't know why. Oh, maybe he was feeling lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I, I did like how um, Krista Bjorkman was described as the Schlager General. I have to just put that in. The Schlager General. The Schlager General, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Shall we move on to the songs? Enough of our waffle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, song number one, uh, Kediatu with One Touch. Um, that 
So now, Kediatu is just 19 years old. Like, wow. Um, she came second in Swedish Idol back in uh, 2018. And it's a kind of club slash dance song is the way it's been described. Yeah. I I just thought, this is very modern, actually, as I was watching it. Kind of like the performance... The, the kind of like the style of the song, the dancers, the staging. I just thought, modern, very very contemporary. Yeah, um, I thought it was a little bit thin vocally. You, you I wasn't going to bring up the negatives yet, Gary. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I just go. I was going to straight in with the things I didn't like. I'll go straight to the jugular. <laughs> um, vocals slightly thin and, and maybe. A little bit weak at times, appearing to struggle. Um, mm, yeah, I, I was also slightly bugged by the fact that it was another song with a non-chorus. Like, come on, it gets to the oh. chorus bar and it, then the introducing instrumental. That that's not a chorus. Come on, stop cheating. Mm. But then I'm very old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but I think you know, so it's the kind of music where the people like to have kind of the dance break as opposed to just listening to lyrics all the time you know that's mm. a very much kind of a modern thing mm. uh, yeah I, I think that you want to hear you're when you're in the club absolutely true i did like the staging all kind of pink bars on the on the led backdrop and stuff like that um yeah it was, it was very nice oh yeah i think it's it reminded me a little bit of very um, much kind of on oh, her go on saying the whole the way they did the leds and stuff i thought it was very kind of on shall we say on brand for what uh, she was going for i mm. think reminded me a little bit of uh benjamin ingrosso uh with dance you off which was yeah. the kind of bar backdrop that he had uh the led type of of lighting so shades of that for me um looking at the the Melfest Bible, which has been published, which I love the detail this this document goes into. Um, special effects and props listed were braids and plenty of accessories. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a yeah. special effect? I can believe that. You know, the the, the braids on the backup dancers nearly touched the. Floor. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the. Camera cuts were approximately 95 of them during this performance. You know, wow. Just to go down to the absolute trivia on that one. Um, but <laughs> when you look at the writers behind it, there's actually some very, very successful people. Uh, Joy and Linnea Deb are people behind Heroes, you know, um, Mons's winning song. Oh, yes. Um, they also did Statements for Lorraine uh, back in 2017 that didn't qualify for the final Oops. Um, <laughs> but so, so they can do stuff like that but they also did In My Cabana for Margaret in 2018 as well which is a, you know, a really just fun pop song so they, they, they've written some really really good songs actually mm. um, and they also wrote You uh, in 2013 for Robin well, so some yeah. strong pedigree of writers behind her. Yeah. Okay, shall we move on to song number two? 
song number two was Lilla Sister with Pretender. Uh, Alex, would you like to kick us off with your thoughts on this one? I think it's nice when uh, the shows have those ones that kind of uh, shake it up a little bit. You know, the the songs like the Pretenders, we don't we don't get to hear that often in in Melody Festival or in Eurovision, particularly. You know, it's all a very kind of poppy and cheesy and a little mm-hmm. bit campy. And, you know, there's there's more good music out there than just poppy, cheesy and campy. True. And, and that... as, hard as, as hard as I know that is for some people to believe. <laughs> but that is the beauty of something like Melody Festival and who, who makes a real effort to cover lots of different genres in the contest. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter if they think whether or not perhaps the song would do well at Eurovision it's about representing a wide range of music styles I think and showcasing all the different kind of music that can come out of Swedish artists it's one of the, yeah. feels like that's one of their primary drivers um, for this one I did write down rock fire need more pyro because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 love- I wrote pyros <laughs> as well mm. i did like some of the gimmicks that they did do for it like i liked the fact that they had the whole thing with the tv screens going on in the background i rather in i rather liked that i think for any kind of act that you're gonna do you know you kind of need that let's call it a gimmick mm. mm-hmm. you know we had the, the cool stuff with the lighting before now we have the fire and the um, TV screens with this one. We're going to t- probably talk about some of the ones that the other bands did or did not have. Mm. You know, you need a gimmick. Gimmicks help in Eurovision. Absolutely. I, I thought that those kind of troughs of fire they had at the front of the stage uh, were very effective. Uh, but perhaps I would have liked a few more pyro effects, perhaps, you know, a few bangs and flashes. <laughs> what if you're going to do it? Go all out. Oh, or or yeah. burning a fake piano, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I will say, though, is that I wish that they had a consistent style. Because they started off with that kind of, I would say, almost kind of a softer rock style. And I was, mm. okay, yeah, I'm getting into this. And then they just went into that screaming... Ah, like, you're a poison! Like, I mean, Heavy metalish style. It completely, it, it, th- it completely threw me off. Like in the two, like back to back. And I, I just wanted to say to him, like, okay, you're good at what you do. Pick a pick a style. If you're gonna go heavy screamy, heavy scream throughout. If you're gonna go more soft, do the softer rock th- throughout. You know, the the two kind of they didn't they didn't mesh as well as I'm sure they thought mm. it was <laughs> going to. Uh, yeah. I think I agree with Alex there, but I'm going to shock you both and say that this was actually one of my favourite songs in this round. Really? Ah. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought the lyrics were great. Actually, I thought the yeah. actual words were really, really good. Uh, kind of quite deep, almost. Um, 
Uh, and yes, it, it was a bit shouty at times, but vocally, I thought they actually did quite well. Hmm. I, and certainly better than Cariotu that was on beforehand. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't terrible, because uh, I, no. I, I like the lyrics as well. I thought they did pretty well with it. I'm just saying like their choice of music style was a little bit all, a bit, little bit all over the shop. <laughs> Interestingly, when you look at the songwriters behind it, um, Pala Hammerlund uh, is listed as one of the songwriters, and they are one of the people behind Dolly Style, who sang... Dolly Style. They've sung Melfest songs such as Hello Hi and Habibi, which are big favourites of mine. And if if you've never heard Mm. of Dolly Style, think Japanese kind of cute anime type... uh, styling basically you know very bright bubblegum pop Uh, it's completely the opposite end of the spectrum to lilla sister and i just think it's amazing that the (laughs) person one of the people that wrote that is also responsible for for this which is a completely different song and genre Mm. and style so you know just goes to show you don't don't pigeonhole people is what i'm saying absolutely let us move on to Jessica Anderson with Horizon, song number three. Uh, Jessica is no stranger to Melody Festival. And, uh, having competed several times, um, she won Melfest with Gimme Your Love back in 2003. She competed in 2004, 2006, 7, 10, 15 and last competed in 18 with Party Voice. Oh. She was oh, gonna, she's an old pro then. She's an old pro, and in Party Voice, she told us she was going to dance like a mother. <laughs> Which I think reflected, you know, her, her, her progression in life and where she was at that point, I like to think. <laughs> so she's back, back, back. And Mark, what did you think of her song? Um, I thought... Um, it grew on me. I thought, oh, this is going to be kind of like one of those run-of-the-mill, mid-tempo ballads. But uh, I thought vocally, really, really good. Staging with the big, big, long, flowy train that she had that was being lifted and flapped by the dancers. I really enjoyed that. But oh, what yeah. grabbed me was the... Uh, there was kind of like almost like a really early key change. In like almost like I think it was the right at the start of the second verse, and then there was another key change later on. It was great. I oh, loved yeah. that bit. She really liked the key changes, mm-hmm. which is what we want. Obs, uh, obs. <laughs> I, I like to think nothing says Eurovision like a key change. Oh, true. And I like to nothing think in the world says Eurovision like a key change. I like oh. to think those um, wafty bits of fabric. We're in tribute to Corolla and her performance of Invincible back in 2006 at Eurovision. Which, which <laughs> same kind of thing. She had long pieces of fabric coming out of her dress that the dancers were wafting at the beginning. <laughs> so I like to think. It I don't know. Part of me tribute. thought she was gonna. Part of me thought she was gonna pull a like Australia's zero gravity entry, and she'd just be sort of lifted up and started swishing around on some on a pole pole or something (laughs) (laughs) 
just with just with these big like wreaths of fabric just billowing around her. <laughs> um, I wrote down it was anthemic. It really grew on me. Um, the one-minute snippet that was released earlier on in the week made it sound like it was going to be more of a kind of guitar-type song that really wasn't going to float my boat. But the full thing and the performance really changed my opinion and it lifted it and i thought you know what it's great the key change is great i like the costume and the staging she was belting oh out. yeah she's got was, a cracking voice I was, I was just gonna i was just gonna say that what was the other thing i liked about the dress was that it wasn't just a dress it was a a piece of the staging like mm. because the dancers obviously they picked it up they were like lifting it billowing it twirling it around like it was a it was a really good little like bit of theatre that they added to the act. Yeah, I agree. And it had sort of shades out of of Hero from Charlotte Pirelli. I was getting mm. that kind of vibe for from it, uh, similar in style. Oh yeah, the, the way it was kind of selling it, particularly towards the end. Um, but was it better than Party Voice? Uh, not really sure to be honest leave that up to you (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to song number four uh paul ray and the missing piece so uh paul Mm. again uh is a returning artist taking uh, part in melody festival in 2020 uh, with talking in my sleep which finished sixth in the contest I'm going to struggle uh, to say something positive about this one. I'm we are. Yeah. I think it's... Um, Honestly, for me, I just didn't even register. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. For, but for me, I just felt it was a bit meh. That's exactly what I wrote on my notes. Meh. <laughs> meh. Just meh. That's all I can really say about it. Just meh. It was really pared back, wasn't it? And uh, I felt that... He wasn't. I, I felt. I felt like he was sing speaking most of the way through it. I didn't really feel like there was any real yeah. strong vocals there. Um, but again, yeah. I can see it would appeal to a certain section of the population, basically, uh, uh, young fangirls. If I'm being honest, because you know he's pleasing on the eye. I can see that. I can totally mm. see that. Um, but and that you know there are some nice little effects that they used. Yeah, but, I, I thought the um, the particle effect that they used to dissolve him uh, was. <laughs> Unfortunately, was very, they reconstituted yeah. him as well. <laughs> I was about to say it, that bit felt very kind of like, oh my god, is it is it, it's Infinity War all over again? Thanos has done the snap, and and half the population has vanished and taken this one with him. <laughs> so not safe to say, not our favourite, to be honest. But no. Oh well. No, a little, a little lacking. Now, something that was a little bit more of Power Street was song number five of Vingana with Tenka Inter Als Gohem. Oh, Swedish, take that! <laughs> <laughs> I did my, my the first note I put was um, Osh Vingana, as in swing. It was very. It was very take that though, wasn't it? Like not like original take that, like reboot when they came back and all were wearing suits. Take that. Well, that is exactly what they are. Um, they took part uh, back 
way back in the 90s uh, with Eloise uh, when they won the ticket. Oh. Um, in 1993, uh, they won Melfest and took Eloise to Eurovision, which placed seventh at the time. Um, they mm. competed again in 95 and 99 and 2002. Then they disappeared until 2019 and they came back with I Do. Um, yeah. So they, they, you've, you're right. It's, it's very similar to Take That's trajectory. You know, hugely successful mm. in the 90s, then go away for a little bit, then come back slightly more mature. And, yeah. But singing some banging pop songs, this was right up my street. It was schlagertastic, wasn't it? It was properly yeah. old-style Swedish dance band pop music. It's like from like twenty, oh, yeah. like from twenty years ago, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I loved the staging of it. I loved the music style. I really liked some of their harmonies. Oh, they can belt out a tune. That's like, for sure. I thought the whole thing was. I thought. I thought the whole thing was really good. And bless them, they tried to do a bit of choreo, and there were se- there were several moments where one or, one of the members was slightly out of step, and was turning a fraction later. <laughs> that endeared them to me even more. I mean, these guys range from forty eight through to fifty two, and to be honest, they don't they don't necessarily look like no. like that. They are looking very good for their ages, I have mm-hmm. to say. Uh, but for them to still crack on with the uh the choreo i don't blame them i I like the staging as well i also kind of like how they sort of seem to agree with each other that right okay guys we're going for black is our costume theme but apart from that it's free for all wear what you want (laughs) because they weren't coordinated at all or anything everybody had something different so yeah the well, that's the other thing I liked about their outfits. Even though they all had a theme of like, yeah, let's all wear the black suits. You could kind of pick out the personality behind each of them. You know, you could say which one was the like the the leader of the boy band, which one was the sort of more quirky one, which one was the more traditional mm. traditionalist. Like you could still pick out their personalities a bit more in the group even though and they still but they still had a cohesive look yeah definitely well it's like steps you know you know i'm gonna get steps and wherever i can uh they all they always said we all have completely different fashion styles but we know we need to look the part as a group so what we'll do we'll pick a color Mm. Each each song will have a colour theme and we'll build our outfits around that colour. And I think that's what uh, Avingenar did, basically. You know? But, and black is always classy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know? Can't go wrong with a bit of black. Oh, yeah. You can't very, go very wrong slimming. With, with basic black. <laughs> black, is, black will always be a fashionable choice, even if it mm-hmm. means looking like you're going to a funeral. And um, there was a famous name or two behind that song who said, we should be no surprised, should not be surprised, sorry, when we look at who wrote it as to how it turned out. None other than Nana Grunval uh, was <laughs> yes, one of the writers. Yes, I saw that. Oh. Her of Carpool Karaoke fame. And Hal on me. Um, <laughs> uh. And also Lord Thomas Jeeson. Swedish <laughs> Lord. songwriting legend. I don't know if he is a lord, but I just call him that. It's an unofficial title. 
Although listening to it, and this was mentioned on social media a couple of times, it does feel like they were slightly stealing from either Madonna's Material Girl or Can You Feel It by Michael Jackson with a dun dun I, dun, I, dun. Yeah, I got, uh, yeah, Can You Feel It? And it almost felt a bit like tragedy. Oh, I felt okay. as well that kind of like beats. Dun, like the dun 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 dun. It was, yeah, I got that straight away. Oh, if you're going to borrow, why not borrow from the best? Well, exactly. <laughs> okay, song number six then. This is uh, Natalie Bridolph with Fingerprints and was the evening's ballad. Mark, what did you think? Oh, I've got meh again for this. I thought it was yeah. a perfectly lovely song. There was nothing wrong with it. It was sang particularly well. You know, she she didn't put a foot wrong, I don't think. But I, I just wasn't... It didn't spark joy within me. I was just a bit like, oh, it's a ballad. It's nice. It's not going to win. <laughs> mm. That's what I felt. Remember what I was saying earlier about how in these kind of contests you need a gimmick? Hmm. I don't like, think you always do need we... a gimmick, though. Yeah, but at least have something that makes it mm. a little bit special. Like, for this, it was like, okay, what we're going to do is just have the spotlight. Then we're going to pulse the lights up, and then we're going to bring the lights back down. Then we're going to pulse the lights again, then we're going to bring the lights back down again. And it was like, ugh. I, c- I can think of a million things that were like that. Yes, I think you're right there. There are mm. lots I mean, of ballads are like that. Not at least try and put some kind of a gimmick in. I mean, yeah, Cheetah Verse had a, a ballad with her winning entry, but at least, um, you know, she said, right, my lyrics are about Phoenix. Let's add some pyrotechnics to this. Mm. You know, she mm-hmm. did some kind of a thing to it, at least, just to, just to elevate it. That's what I needed from this piece just some elevation Hmm. i thought it was nice that we had some simple staging uh it was classy the theme is described as vague sensation (laughs) in the the melfest bible vague sensation sensation. (laughs) i would describe her performance as being like her dress beige um it does have some uh, pretty well-known people behind it, though, um, including uh, Andreas Johansson, who wrote Too Late for Love uh, in 2019, which obviously won the whole thing. Ah! Um, so, strong writing team behind it. Okay, Very let's... Very strong writing team. Let's move on to song number seven, the final one for the evening, which was Danny Saucedo with Dandy Dancer. After a bit, when I first saw the title release for that, I was like, ooh, it's in Swedish. And he's not, I don't believe he's sung in Swedish before. He competed in 2009 with Baby Goodbye in the club in 2011. Uh, and then in 2012 with Amazing. So it's actually been nine years since he's appeared as an artist at Melfest. Mm. Although he has uh, hosted in 2013 and he was a songwriter in 2016. 
So it was nice to see him back, even though it felt like, you know, he's never really been away because he's a familiar face. I, I must say that he's a name that I recognised and thought he's been in this a lot and quite recently. I didn't realise that it's been that long since he's actually competed. See, memory cheats. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact for you. Um, this entry has just 20 camera cuts, the least of all of the performances this evening. And that, I think, is all down to the unique way it was staged. Yeah. I, I liked the way it was staged. I liked the idea of it starting off it just being focused in one place and everything kind of shifted around and then for like the climax it sort of burst out the box and finished it off quite literally bursting out of his box so it was it was mm. a, a room made of cardboard boxes as if he was packing up to go move house or something like that and you thought mark that he was um, using some kind of travel later or yeah. set up didn't you <laughs> yeah and i was watching it kind of like uh, earlier and I, it was almost like it was scrambling my brain me trying to kind of like picture that actually it's not the floor that's moving it's the room of cardboard boxes around him and I'm, and I'm kind of like looking at it and thinking no it's the floor <laughs> I can't kind of like get my head around it it's, it's quite clever it's mm. quite clever it's very well staged it is a, a room constructed on a rig with a fixed camera at the beginning and it basically moves side to side, back and forth. So it looks mm. like Danny is actually gliding across the floor through this room. And he's actually not at all. He's standing still for no. a lot of it. And the room yeah. around him is moving. And it's very, very effective. Although it, is. it did make me think that, you know, is this sponsored by Ikea or something? <laughs> With all these cardboard boxes. <laughs> very, very well done. But in, in terms of the song... I was getting strong Justin Timberlake vibes from him. Kind of dance oh, with yeah. me kind of thing. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it. it got, I think I like the song. Yeah, it's I grown on me a lot. That. It's a little bit repetitive, I think. Hmm. Mm, just a smidge. It was okay. It wasn't an immediate uh, banger for me. It wasn't something that grabbed me. No. Maybe I was slightly distracted by his outfit, which was a, a jacket and trousers, which is sort of white with spray-painted purple that makes him look like the milk cacao, you know, the chocolate bar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh yes. I, it, it wasn't a bad song. Um one of the kind of like catchier ones of the night i thought well you said you you have listened to it a couple of times since then haven't you yeah i i kind of like obviously uh we've recorded this podcast uh a short period of time after we just finished our not often heard show and i played it i just had it on youtube and i played it about three times <laughs> one just after <laughs> the other and i was like oh yeah you know it's kind of you know i can i can groove this i can dig it i can i can bop on my seat to it you know mm. It's catchy. It is catchy. Um, it's not a complex song, I don't think. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's nice enough. I like it. Mm. Okay, moving on uh, briefly to talk about the interval act. So 
Melfest and Falax, certainly over the last few years, have been more about comic set pieces and little sketches mm. and stuff. And Lena Phillipson's always down for doing a bit of comedy. This year was no exception. Uh, I love the little skits of her um, wandering around the studio, uh, basically mopping floors, um, <laughs> dropping off um, toilet rolls outside Jessica Anderson's dressing room, implying that you know she's got she's got she's, she's got the rolls. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what do you know what actually um and this isn't the interval act but right at the start of the whole show i was a little bit taken aback at them filming um lena phillipson's uh getting ready routine in the shower oh as if she was like but obviously the implication was that in through the whole of quarantine that she's been living a, a, like a bit like a slob through the whole of like the lockdown and the pandemic. Mm. So when she was called upon to present the first semi of Melfest, she's like, "Oh my goodness, I've got to get ready super quick." And she was like, shown in the shower. Obviously, they didn't show any rude bits, but they they implied that she was shaving her down below areas. They implied a lot. Mm. Yeah. They implied a lot of things that we didn't need implying. No, I didn't need that. <laughs> no, we didn't need it was hilarious, that. but I didn't need it. <laughs> Just like um, during the retrospective of Melfest 2002 that they did straight after, we mm. saw uh, little clips of legends like Kiki Danielson um, flinging her merkin around by the looks of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was some wigs. It was the wigs, but the yeah. way they were holding and the positioning, it was like, oh, Kiki, please. It's like, oh. You know, I've just oof. had a thought. Was was Lena Phillipson throwing shade against Jessica Anderson um, by dropping toilet rolls off at a door? Because it, trying to say, well, that's the reason we have to waft your dress because it's a little bit smelly. Oh! <laughs> 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 Whoa, Jessica! That's, that's a ripe one. <laughs> oh, that was shady. <laughs> Sorry. Shame on you. <laughs> um, and then that was followed by Lena Phillipson doing her. Classic Melfest song, Dancer in Neon, in a, in a lounge style, which I thought was really good fun as well. <laughs> and she was having the time of her life up there. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go on to the results. So right. um, we announced our first qualifier, which was Danny Saucedo or Dandy Dancer. No. Yeah. No, I think we all. We, we all expected that. Um, then we announced the two Andra Hansen songs. And I had this pinned down for Jessica Anderson and Paul Ray going mm. to AC. Yeah. And very surprised to see uh, Lilla's sister getting the ticket to Second Chance. Yeah, I was pleased though. <laughs> I bet. And, and Paul Rayers. So that meant, sadly, we said goodbye to Jessica Anderson because also going straight to the final was our Vingenau, which I was really, really happy about because I thought there yeah. might be a second chancer. Mm. Shows there's an appetite for him, I think. Yeah. That kind of like old style, schlagery, poppy, mm. upbeat sort of thing. It, it gives me hope because it. 
we may see more of that in future contests if they say, well, actually, there's a market for that. Mm. People do yeah. like that kind of song normally. So it does mean that, unfortunately, we all our female artists for this semi have sadly been eliminated. It was an all-male lineup progressing through the contest, which is a shame. Mm. Yeah. But, but I think it will be balanced out in future semis, definitely. Yes. I definitely think so. Um, there's some uh, really fun acts coming up. Uh, really excited. Overall, I think, considering the conditions they're having to work under, it was still an excellent show. It, oh, professional like and kind of like professionally wise it was fantastic and i don't think you wouldn't never have really realized that there was no audience there really and, and apart from the fact that they didn't pan out to the audience like they would usually do i don't i, I couldn't tell that there was nobody there hmm. i think they did a fairly decent job at that i think being able to directly compare to norway's mgp Norway do it better at creating an atmosphere. Um, okay. the, the crowd noise sounds a little bit more fake. I know it's fake on, for both shows, but mm-hmm. it just, I don't know, for a Melfest, it wasn't quite the right kind of fake noise, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, it wasn't quite Swedish enough. No. That crowd was, was, was you know, it was too generic. Mm. We need to make it more Swedish. I also, I also <laughs> miss the interaction with the artist as well because there was very little chat until the end mm, true, uh, with true. them and even then that was kind of filling a little bit of time as they reconstructed the set for performances and things like that mm, yeah again mgp does it slightly better by throwing to the artist family and friends after straight after they performed on like a zoom type call and having oh, okay. a brief, brief chat with them and after every mm-hmm. performance um, sort of screens slide in from the side and you get to see the audience watching at home that have agreed to be filmed and oh, stuff. So nice. you can see the interaction. You can see people in their homes just watching the TV show. And so you know this. Yeah. It just feels better. I, d- I just think MGP have struck the right kind of balance, whereas Melfest need to work on it a little bit more. But, mm. hey, you know what? The... It's difficult circumstances. They're still doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and I suppose they don't want to be seen to just be copying what's happening in Norway. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, one down, five shows to go. I'm going to be honest here and say, uh, although I enjoyed some of the acts in this first uh, semi-final, I, I do hope there's a slight uptick in quality of songs we shall wait and see yeah yeah (laughs) okay so that is about it from us for this edition of mellow pods we hope you enjoyed it we shall be back next week where we cover semi number two looking forward to it (laughs) okay until next time it's hey dawn from me it's bye-bye from me and it's goodbye from me (laughs) 